have returned with all the stuff you actually care about, considering how super blurry this season is. And Sketch is with us. Hello. Hello. Have I been on enough episodes to count as true sixth ranger status? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we gotta figure out which one it would be. Definitely not Tommy, though. We're thinking maybe, maybe Zane. Ooh, Zane's a good one. It will definitely take offense to the fact that this is the stuff that people care about, because honestly, the stuff we talked about prior, there's... This is a meaty season. Even the lighter yes. stuff is still it strong. Is, it is such a loaded season, so much so that we had to split this up into two parts, and uh, yeah, we had to make you all wait for the big stuff, because... Well, I- I'm just I'm just a cruel bitch like that. You're you're basically <laughs> what you are is you are Tim Curry in uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show. You gotta you gotta make them deal with Antissa. <laughs> All right. Well, enough with the podcast edging. Patient. Ugh. Just a note for any of you uh, coming back here from the first part. Hopefully you all uh, took notes on what to uh, watch by the time you're all done with all the big shows. Or if you managed to find a little extra free time to take a gander at some of the other stuff. Or you didn't and you're kind of realizing the point. Man, I might just in general be falling out of seasonals. <laughs> it happens to the best of us. But sometimes that spark comes back around. It it, it's inevitable. It always happens, but uh, yeah, okay. Enough beating around the bush. Enough bantering about. We know why you're all here. We know why you're listening to this. Rev it up. Yes, we shall rev it up. Not with limp biscuits, but uh, with grand filmmaking auteurism in the form of yes, the one, the only. Chainsaw Man. So, I cannot believe, like, like, I just need some context to be put on this for a second. I started reading this in the end of, like, 2018, early 2019, when it first premiered in Jonah Jump. And this is a weird one. This is a strange little thing that did not mesh with the magazine that it was airing in at all. At all. Yeah, I I distinctly remember reading it and thinking, like, yeah, this is weird and quaint, and I do... Like, I don't have a pretty interesting vibe, but I do not see it in Survivor the Jump. I, I think that's the other thing, too, is that Weekly Shonen Jump is one of the most cutthroat fucking things I've ever seen. Even the ones you kind of enjoy or you think, oh, this might build up and become something interesting. Those are dead. Those are dead. Like the people that just kind of watch like My Hero and Black Clover and that's it. They 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 don't really know. As somebody who's now invested several years into reading Weekly Shonen Jump because it's readily available. You don't know how cutthroat it is. Chainsaw Man should not have survived. Nay, it not only should not have survived, 
it should not have become so fucking big it would hit the point where it crashes Crunchyroll's website. <laughs> That's how you know you've got a hit. It literally feels like a fucking fluke. I, I... Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. And it, yeah, and it's really that it did that via an incredibly, a genuinely incredibly good walk on. So Chainsaw Man, I, so question for all of you. Jed and I, I know, have been reading this. Is this all your first exposures to Chainsaw Man as yes. an IP? Mm-hmm. It is definitely mine. Okay, then I have questions for you. What the fuck did you actually think Chainsaw Man was about? Honestly, I, I couldn't tell you. All I, all I know are just offhand, out-of-context bits, and that, that, that's kind of it. Perfect. Okay, you are going in as blind as I could have hoped. Intentionally so, yes. Uh, I had this vague thought that the guy can turn into a chainsaw monster but that was really that's like that is literally nothing that is an elevator pitch and that's it you're fine great okay so chainsaw man is fucking weird and it knows it it literally begins with a protagonist who is literally just miserable but is kind of trying to live his best life in spite of it. But he is kind of accepted nihilism. Denji is in debt to the mob because his father hung himself. And then all of his father's Yakuza debt went to him. So then he had to become a demon hunter and also sell off parts of his body, like his eyeball and his testicle and probably some other internal organs. Oh, man, when he said that, I was like, oh. And he's still not done. But then one day, he kind of just meets a little chainsaw pupper. And he's like, oh, God, this demon's going to eat me. And then he sees the demons hurt, and then he's like, oh, I get it. You're hurt too, and you also don't want to die. I don't want to die either. Let's help each other out and make a pact to help each other survive. And then he's just in this miserable little hobble. Just like it's literally just a miserable little shed with this little dog. And the only thing he really sustains himself with is bread. He has effectively given up on life. He's given up on living an actual life. To him, a good life is having jam on bread and, like, a comfortable place to sleep in. He is so accepting that he is never going to get anywhere in life. That he just kind of dreams these dreams of, I want a pretty girl to hold me. I want a roof to sleep under that's not going to fall apart. I want actual food on my table. And then he gets shanked by a zombie and dies. Uh, You know, you put it like that, and it it kind of reminds me that uh, this is totally unrelated to the show, but... I spent three years of my childhood technically legally homeless. It was fucking awful. Mm, sorry, oh, to hear that. Yeah, sorry to hear that. Wow. 
Yeah. Um, so, you know, just the way you said that, it... Yeah, that's a pretty effective pitch right there. Yep. So, yeah, our main character is miserable, is accepted he's miserable, and then dies a pathetic death. Ooh, this is so relatable. <laughs> Until his little demon doggy buddy is like, hey, I love to hear you talk about your dreams. So, new contract. You said... I can have your body when you die. New plan. I give you my life in exchange for yours. And I want to see you live a happy life. And now let's get that motherfucking chainsaw man going! (laughs) And then what you get is Grindhouse octane carnage and violence and sakuga bliss of a fucking screaming half-naked chainsaw humanoid man revving and tearing into a motherfucking horde of zombies tear till it's done (laughs) yep all courtesy of everybody's studio studio of all time Mappa. Okay, okay, okay. So how many animators uh, so... did they sacrifice to the meat grinder? <laughs> Guess what? Yes, it looks good. Yes, it looks great. Yes, the production does look pretty impeccable, and there's some pretty impressive cuts of animation and production and all that jazz. I'm not gonna suck Mappa's dick. <laughs> they, they, they're getting sucked off enough as it is already. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, basically it looks very pretty. There's a lot of good. There's a lot of good animation. It has a pretty decent amount of grudge. Uh, which it would be a little grudgier like the manga does, but I mean, but the price for this being like a pretty big perceived project is they have to make it look like a big perceived project. It was almost not. like one of those too big not to have it fail. And guess yeah. what? It looks great. It, it, it yeah, sounds yeah, great. Yeah, yeah, basically it was too big to yeah, basically it was too big to not have it look normal instead of weird like it should have but again i'm not complaining too much yeah that's 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 been a bit of a talking point of people does it look too good which is honestly a fair conversation and i'm going to be real i i hate to pull this card i god i hate i'm going to say these words i want to throw up the manga is still there to read. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh I want to yeah, fucking yeah. puke. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean yeah, but in general, my sense on this, I made my sense on this on Twitter, but I will just reiterate it here. I can live with Chainsaw Man looking normal if it is a sacrifice for an eventual not to not make you look as weird as possible. Like, 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 if that one looks normal, I will actually be able. The only way you could have maybe gotten fucking batshit and weird is if you got Masaki Yuasa out of retirement. <laughs> Which actually would have worked really well, but I digress. Yeah. Um, as far as this production appearance goes, if I could put it in uh, cinema and filmmaker terms, since Fujimoto is you know big on the whole cinemaphile stick, it feels to me like a very unique blending of David Lynch, Robert Rodriguez, and Quentin Tarantino, all blended together in a meat grinder. 
And this is what we get. It's weird. It's grisly. It's sometimes sad, sometimes funny, sometimes a little cringy, but sometimes, uh, not sometimes, but all the time, very captivating to watch. Oh, wow. You listed the exact list, the exact correct list of directors. I got him impressed. You, wow, <laughs> holy shit. You fucking nailed it on the head. I know my cinema stuff. Don't worry. I'm, I'm, in, I'm in the know. And I've read several of these one shots as well as like all of Chainsaw Man. Fujimoto knows he is a goddamn cinephile and he wears it on his sleeve. Like the entirety of his one shot Goodbye Airy is basically what I can only describe as this man directed a movie and a manga. <laughs> it's kind of insane. And yeah. Anyways, I guess to talk about this, it looks great. Denji Chainsaw Man's weird okay before I talk more about it Chainsaw Man is fascinating to me because it brings together two types of audiences that should not be on the same page at all Chainsaw Man brings the auteur manga reader the type whose favorite manga out there is Vagabond the type that is into the real art house underappreciated classics, not too big into anime adaptations, but is very into the auteurship of composition, character writing, panel layout, and all that. Like the type that really appreciates true like manga artistry. And then there's like the big shonen heb who's going like, yo, this is the fucking goodest raw shit, my dude. This fucking shit is lit as Kino. And those are the same audience for Chainsaw Man. Uh, yeah, I've literally never seen anything that brings together almost literally everyone. It is actually kind of impressive. It's, it's, it's fucking crazy. I just want to say that. So let's talk about some of our other players. Denji meets Makima. Denji is has so nothing going on for him that he just wants a pretty girl to hold him and she does uh, yeah uh, yeah to which i yeah to which i kind of want your take guys what do you all think of makima i'm actually uh, you know what i please tell me what do you think of makima she um, seems nice, but there's probably something darker. There, there's the baggage to be had. Seems nice is a little sinister. Yeah, that sounds about right. Okay. The other thing I want to say is, friends, do you want to know what is probably the funniest thing to me as somebody who has read Chainsaw Man from the beginning to see the public perception of on the outside? My favorite thing is watching pornographic addicted fans realizing that Makima does not have, like, the thickest ass and the biggest tits and realize, <laughs> oh, she just has, like, normal proportions. <laughs> like, I literally see people so fucking upset. It's like, what happened to her ass? Where's her fucking cake? And it's like, she literally never had that much cake going for her. Porn lied to you, and you bought it. <laughs> yeah, it does that to people. Oh, Every damn time. Absolutely down atrocious. Fucking hilarious. It, it's the funniest thing I've ever seen. But yeah, Makima's 
little sinister, but she seems nice enough as it is. Then she's like, okay, pretty girl is hot and talking to me. I will follow you to the ends of the earth. And he does, and then he becomes a devil hunter. She had him at breakfast. She had him at breakfast. She <laughs> literally was like, I, what's an ideal breakfast to you? Uh, toast with jam, and then like a couple other things, and it's like... Toast with jam? Denji is literally not a person right now. He is effectively... Somebody who had nothing gets the chance to have something and is learning what it actually means to be a person. And he's doing so while trying to get some pussy. <laughs> Relatable. But tell me, d- does this new job of his come with some oh. union benefits? <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So, yeah, that's something I didn't realize. I saw that baby going around. I was really like, I wonder. And I, like, literally... Went into my shelf, picked up my copy of Only Water. It's like, oh, yeah, nope, that's actually in there. So Makima is basically telling him that, like, devil hunting is an extremely, extremely dangerous job. Nobody wants to do it because your life expectancy is fucking nothing. But if you take the job, you get some cushy benefits. You get good pay. You get good vacation diet. You get all the good union benefits and all that. And in the manga, he's literally like, pay time off, la 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 la, union stuff, la 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 la. And it's literally cut out of that scene from the anime. And it's like, oh my god, are you fucking serious? Things that make you go. Hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah, but, yeah, the map executor started with, nope, nope, can't have that. It almost feels like it's weirder. It feels like it's going to bring more attention to it that you removed it, but that's just me. (laughs) (sighs) There are two more players we have to introduce that were discussed in the first uh, three episodes. I only saw the first two, but I I know they're in there. Let's talk about our buddy Top Knot Aki. Aki's a good boy. He's the stern boy. He kicks Denji's ass and it's like, you're too good for this job. You're not taking this seriously. You're going to die and you're going to get killed. You're only doing this because you think Makima's hot. Get out of here. I don't fucking care. I'll tell her that you got off by a devil. Live your life. Bye. And then he gets stomped in the nuts. (laughs) Multiple times. (laughs) Multiple times. Oh, gosh absolutely fucking throttled like one of them could have popped level kicking <laughs> denji does not play fair he goes Denji's for like hey buddy you want to find out what it feels like to have a nut missing <laughs> yeah he would he would know wouldn't it uh, hey uh, buddy not sure have you ever heard of lance armstrong oh my god God, do you know how funny it is to read a tweet on Twitter.com for, from prolific anime and video game voice actor Keiji Tang going, do you ever think about the fact that uh, Pochita helped uh, Denji grow his nut back? And I was like, man, I literally was just thinking about that. <laughs> <laughs> his nut, his eye. 
other body parts. Anyways, they're they're great. They're a great hot and cold duo, and I love how they don't even find a, a demon. They don't find a devil, but they get their ass kicked. And Makima's like, "What happened to you two? And then Denji's like, "A fucking nut de- devil kicked him square in his nuts. It was brutal. You should have seen it." And he's like, "You shut the fuck up." Uh, but there's one more. There's one more player in this uh, in this squad. That is, I've always wanted to date a girl named the Power. Ah, uh-huh. yeah, close enough. So that's Power. She's a fiend. Absolute fiend. Gremlin blood powers. So. I think the thing that people <laughs> see here's a, here's another thing Chainsaw Man porn has lied to people about. People think that power has sex appeal just because she has tits. They gravely misunderstand Chainsaw Man. I, 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 I mean, okay, I mean, to be fair, the opening is, like, taking advantage of that. It's very funny. Okay, so I'm going to say the opening of Chainsaw Man is fantastic, and it understands the assignment, what these characters are, and, like, at the end of the opening, it it perfectly encapsulates the trio's dynamic where like Denji and power are basically doing what is the equivalent of Fortnite dancing. And Aki's just having a smoke being like, this is my life, I guess <laughs> just perfect trio duo. According to and, him, there's even more oddballs on his team. Yeah. You'll get to meet a couple of them in a bit, Including a girl who has literally done nothing wrong in her entire uh, life. Uh, uh, oh yeah, we have actually not we have not met the actual best girl this year yet. Got it. Cool. Anyways, so that's Chainsaw Man. It looks great. It sounds great. You know what I'm genuinely shocked about? When I heard there was going to be twelve endings, I thought it was going to be like a generic ending. Like I thought it was going to be episode one, where it was a blank wall. It was just literally a black and white credits wall scroll. And that was going to be every OED for the rest of the show. No. No, in fact. Two and three have been episode original endings with their own unique animation style. Uh, yeah, it is worth it is worth knowing that uh, the episode OED did have animation. It was, it was basically just like a highlight reel, but there was animation. I guess Crunchyroll just didn't get the masters in time, so we got a black. Oh, control. really? Okay, so it yeah. was just a clip show for that. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw the actual. I saw the actual thing going around on Twitter. Interesting, interesting. I didn't actually realize that. And then episode two's got a kind of cute little, um, what I can only describe as like a city pop style aesthetic, but with with a kind of like more regular like groovy pop song. And then episodes three is maximum the fucking hormone and it's kind of the exact perfect ending I would want for Chainsaw Man mm-hmm. it is a fucking visual fever dream and then it kind of like plays around with stuff like god it's such a fucking good song and then it portrays Makimo as the Virgin Mary and it's like it's so fucking good <laughs> 
And while I have not seen it in full, I love the clips I have heard of the dub. Ryan Colt Levy sounds like a fantastic choice for Denji. And I literally jokingly remember saying like three weeks ago, being like, hey, who do you think is going to play Pochita? And I literally just threw a dart from my mind palace. And I was like, uh, Lindsay Seidel could do a cute voice. Perfect. Perfect choice. Perfect choice. It was. Though, if it was Nanachi, that might have been even better because it would mirror the Japanese. Nanachi? Nanachi. Oh, Nanachi. Okay. Speak like a not fucking weeb. Christ. (laughs) 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 Okay. Uh, Anyway, yeah, it's a a very pretty show. It's the best manga adaption I've seen in a while. Yeah, it's very high quality uh, grindhouse-y. Oh my guys, don't you know if this single frame doesn't look as good as a manga panel with bad. We're not at my hero yet. Uh, God, okay, yes. The the reason I wanted to fucking throw up at the the manga still there thing is because sometimes the anime can be a separate thing. Yes, sometimes the manga and anime can be a separate experience. I understand being disappointed that this isn't like exactly like Fujimoto, but if anything, the anime is making me realize. How kind of impressive Tatsuki Fujimoto is as an author in general, because he has a very unique style of paneling, action, drama, and comedy. Because it's unique. I, I honestly do recommend, even if you don't read Chainsaw Man, checking out any of Tatsuki Fujimoto's other works, including his one-shots. It is really the dude's good at what he does and it's kind of amazing that the dude made something so unlike uh the other big hits in weekly shonen jump that now he has carte blanche to basically make any kind of manga he wants now and he sort of did and then he's like yeah i'm gonna do more chainsaw man for a bit yeah yeah i have more power to be about i hope he continues to get to do whatever he wants you're here you make that bread, but it sounds like the three of you guys, did you enjoy your time with the Chainsaw Mans? Yes, and I eagerly await more. Yes, I quite enjoyed it. Uh, interestingly, I find before the action happened and the first episode was more like more what I was about. Now, the action was good, but uh, just the character stuff I thought was really compelling. I think the second and third episodes have done a good job of uh, managing to balance the over-the-top action with the with the character stuff, and I'm really enjoying it. I think it's fantastic stuff. I have good news. You're gonna love Chainsaw Man. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. It is worth doing that if you are. I mean, it is worth doing that if you are a little let down by the fights. The early stuff is probably the worst in that respect. It does get better. It does get better later on with that. Hmm. Eh. Let's put it like this: the series would not be this big if it was just about the fights. <laughs> True. Yeah, we still have all those uh, television and movie moments to look forward to. It's, and it's, and it's, and oh, there is a really weird panel that I'm just really looking forward to seeing in like <laughs> animated form. Mostly, just, mostly that's because I'm curious how you would animate them. There is one moment 
I need to know. They're not they're not going to recreate the page. You literally cannot recreate the page. But I need to know how they approach that. It's I kind of can't believe they got away with it. It's the most Oh boy. I can't believe it. I I I I eagerly await the rest of this season. I think I know exactly how far they're going to get in 12 episodes time. And I think that's a pretty good 12 episode season. Yeah, um TLDR watch Chainsaw Man, it's good. It is pretty good. Yes, for all, for all the cynical stuff I can bring about the industry or map or whatever, it's still really good. It's still really good. Look, the the whole world's on fucking fire right now. We're just trying to find some things to kill time <laughs> so that we can find the energy to fix everything later on. That's all we want. Denji is my precious, dopey, horny son who's learning what it is to be a person. I'm proud of him. And so after that uh, very lengthy discussion, that might be the longest we ever, we've ever talked about one show. 30 minutes in, and we got a lot more to get to. Let's do it. Let us now head over to the other big uh, Shonen tentpole series beginning this season. Yes, after 10 years and lots of incessant bitching, <clears throat> I mean, uh, asking and requesting very respectfully, <laughs> we now have Bleach Thousand Year Blood War. Okay, okay, yeah, so I will say that, you know, I have a lot of criticism towards Bleach and, uh, you know, the whole, situ- and the whole situation surrounding uh, the simulcast and uh, how people reacted to, uh, you know, the whole uh, lack of information regarding where it was streaming and whatnot was, like, very insufferable, frankly. <laughs> As I, uh, but uh, but uh, but putting all of that aside... Uh, uh, coming, uh, coming back to this, I actually had a better time uh, watching it so far than I was expecting to. Like, this is the best Bleach has ever looked. Oh, so, oh, oh, oh yeah. Yes, 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 yes. The, the, the good of this is the animation has improved significantly over... Well, let's, let's be honest, the, the latter half of the original run of Bleach was very dry in, in a lot of regards. It was yeah. flat. It was a mid-2000s long-running anime adaptation, as was the style at the time. But with, <laughs> with, a, with a lot less expression. Usually in the faces. Oh yeah. man, their faces like never moved. <laughs> but here, with a, a change in crew, they finally got it, it to where it looks very good. Kind of a shame that the rest of the story is kind of as, uh, mid at best. As, uh, yeah, it is a it is a one hundred percent style over substance thing. The style is very good. Like that, uh, that like the animation is solid. The storyboarding is really really good. As uh, I mean, I mean, they even have I mean, they even have some fun with like character introduction cards and whatnot. I kind of like those. As, and it was like, and I mean, it was kind of nice. Uh, you know, seeing the 
you know, you get to go with friends, interact, it's not interact for the first time in a while, but you know, you're sure not going to be seeing a lot of that for the rest of the summer. It's nice to see Orihime being silly with her bread. Mm. It's nice. I do like these characters. I only wish they were treated better. Don't uh, we yeah. all? Like, oh yeah, and then uh, yeah, but then on the downside, you do have the actual plot of the season, which is okay. Uh, the Quincy's are uh, still around, even though they were supposed to be dead, and there was, you know, literally nothing at all in the series up to this point to suggest that they were ever still around at all. And, and now they are the real true threat, and then they are stronger than even the fucking Soul Society captives because shut up. Yeah, you're right, Ash. Isn't that bullshit? And they're Nazis, huh? Uh, 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 yeah, uh, yeah, basically, yeah, basically just Nazis. Uh, this is definitely the series that all the uh, shonen diehards will uh, foam with the mouth over because they just... Uh, do that for literally everything. Uh, so, uh, so, uh, man, but, uh, uh, but uh, you know, that's where this is. I did it. I mean, I am at least, I mean, I have at least been, like, fairly entertained by it so far, I'm sure. So, I'm, we'll see how I feel in a few weeks once we get deeper into the actual plot of the final arc, because uh, it's rough. But... Yeah, this, this is just the beginning. There's a lot to go. But for now, I'm fairly detained, and, like, if nothing goes, I can definitely say this is the fastest pace Bleach has ever made, which is definitely an improvement. Yeah, yeah, because with something like Bleach, it's definitely better off. Good amount of stuff happened in that first episode. Yeah, yeah, Bleach is definitely better when you're adapting four or five chapters at once and not, like, one and a half. That hollow fight in the first episode was pretty hype like that was that was a good return to form <laughs> it's aesthetically pleasing to be sure the use of shadows and light it's all very nice and there's way more detail and i yeah I appreciate uh, all uh, that. Uh, yeah and uh, definitely looking forward to uh you know and i'm looking forward to monday because guess what guys it's, it's time for another round of the big bowl Ah, uh, yes, the dub is starting up on Hulu, though by, by the time you're hearing this, uh, it will probably already be up. And, uh, yeah, that's going to be fun. <laughs> yeah. But don't worry, everybody, Vic's got himself a new gig, working on bullshit with a fuck-headed televangelist. Yeah, great. Whatever it takes to get that $400,000 ready, I guess. Uh, good luck with that. Well, I guess he's got to earn it somehow. Somehow, some way, every dollar is going to be leaving him. Yeah. Oh, and, and just on the notion of the whole uh, Walt Disney Company affiliation with Hulu and International Disney Plus, no, Orihime is not a, a Disney princess now because that would imply she had her first kiss, which she didn't. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, only other thing I'll say is, uh, you know, this I say is, okay, is while well, I did make, is, you know, well, I did make fun of the whole situation regarding the simulcast because people were being very annoying about that. Uh, it sure would be nice, it would generally be nice if Disney were, you know, a little more clear of what's going on with the show and not equally speaking reasons because that is, yeah. uh, because that is apparently a problem. So, yeah, uh, when America's getting hosed. 
Somehow, some way, I think this ties back to Bob Chappick. Yeah. You remember, cartoons are only for kids. Uh, right. Right. Only for kids. Oh, boy. Yeah, just like that super kid-friendly cartoon show from the year 2000. Clerks, the animated series. Okay, that one was a fluke. I, I saw somebody saying it was very cynical to say, oh, he's totally saying that's to discredit animation, to discredit union bust, to encourage union busting, which is probably true. Oh, yeah. Hey, I wonder if this Bleach dub's gonna be union. It probably will be. It'll, pro- it'll probably be uh, Banks University Opolis again. It's confirmed Studiopolis. And oh, oh, okay then. But they don't always do union. I'm not actually confident that the original Bleach was Union, but I think... I think they confirmed this one is yeah, going yeah, to be Yeah, the original Union. was not Union, this probably will be, but we'll see. Hey, alright, maybe we'll get Crispin Freeman and Stephen Bloom in this. Stephanie Shea being there is already kind of a good sign. Wally Wingert's in it, too. I think the odds are quite in its favor. You'll just have to see. But there will be... There are, like, specific actors you can kind of tell... If they're in that, you will know. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, yeah, basically, if there are specific actors mm-hmm. and they are credited under their real names, then you'll get any notes you need. Right. Right, right, right. That's the giveaway. Anyways, are we going to find out on November 4th who's taking over for Vic? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, that's why. Yeah, that's, that's literally why I was making that joke. Oh, Wasn't sorry. Wasn't there I... like a game or something where Ikaku Gari got a different voice actor? Uh, there is uh, there yeah. is two episodes in the original dub where he couldn't record it, so Mike Sitter Nicholas stepped in. Uh, well, he won't necessarily do it then. But he could. He certainly could. I mean, I have no yeah. I mean, uh, we'll I mean he's already going to have to be in the show anyway. The real yeah. thing I want to know is what about Kimpachi? <laughs> Uh, oh, you uh, mean Dave, David Lodge or Patrick Sipes is a good question. Yeah, I really hope. I really if hope it's they, Union. Maybe David Lodge. Yeah, yeah, I really, yeah, I really hope they uh, square things up with David. I don't Lodge really have a dog in that uh, fight because I always thought that Sipes did a good. Yeah, I, but... I mean, I, I thought the Sipes was. I, mean, I thought the Patrick Sipes was okay, but I honestly thought David Lodge is better. So I do hope they kind of square things yeah, up a he bit. He is better. You'll have to see. Yep. There's we just no dodging that question. <laughs> ah. uh, all right. And, um, well, uh, we're going to go from dodging to tagging on the next one because, in honor of what's going to be uh, the 45th anniversary of Rumiko Takahashi's fantastic Bakuka career from David Production, we have the 2022 quote unquote remake of. So, like, it's hard to even be upset at a show like this or being like, oh, it's annoying or, oh, that's not (laughs) funny or, oh, that's that's all the tried and true rom-com harem bullshit you've seen before. You can't be mad at it. This wrote the playbook. Yeah, what a lot of people don't get. A lot of series owe a lot to Romiko Takahashi and her 1978 major series debut, Urusa Yatsura. This, this is the textbook definition. It is the benchmark. It is the blueprint 
of so many far worse shows that came after it. Yeah, 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 and I mean, and there is so much stuff that just would not exist without it. Like, yeah, like I even saw someone mention that, like, technically you wouldn't even have Ash and Pikachu without it or Zyatara. Get the fuck out, what? Yeah, uh, there's uh, a scene where uh, Loom oh my finds Osirlu and basically uh, gives him a thunderbolt. Oh my, oh my god, you're, oh, fuck off! Oh, fuck off! Now, we can't say for <laughs> sure that Pikachu shocking Ash was inspired by that, can we? Oh, oh shit, it checks out! Oh, 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 it absolutely. There have been homages for many years, for many series to this. I... I think the funniest thing I so I thought this was silly when I first heard this comment. Now that I've seen the first episode, it's so much funnier. <laughs> I remember somebody saying the phrase, "Man, they're really gonna remake Urusei Yatsura. You can't get away with Urusei Yatsura in 2022." And now that I've seen what getting away with Urusei Yatsura in 2022 looks like, this is so fucking cute. It's so fucking <laughs> cute compared to all this other nonsense. It's like he he he! I am I'm in love with my girl, but I'm also a bit of a horn dog, and I did a horn dog thing. And yeah. this girl who's <laughs> scantily clad—it's like, it's 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 practically just fucking adorable. Yeah. It's, it's like, like this doesn't—I don't know how to describe it. It doesn't feel trashy. This was trashy 45 years ago, but we are so past. The point where what was trashy then is trashy now, that what was trashy then actively, like, feels adorable. It's like 90% yeah, 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 I think the big thing that worked in its favor is, unlike a lot of shows that come out through it, it had to be recognized is that it covers us. Yes, Ataru <laughs> is the original put upon schlub every man. Loom is yes, the original waifu. This is where it all began nearly forty five years ago. But to note, this is not a full adaptation of the nineteen seventy eight manga series, nor is it a full remake of the nineteen eighty one television series. This, in essence, is the Urusayatsura greatest hits. It really is the greatest hits collection, is what and they're going really for. And that's really the best way you can put it, considering how freaking long this series is. Yes, yeah, 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 the, yeah, the series is very long, and like, with all due respect to Rubiko Takahashi, I adore her stuff. Her, her comedies can also get kind of repetitive after a while, so this is the best way they can have done this. That's fair. That's very fair. God knows we dealt with all that in Ranma. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, okay, okay, see, okay, see, with Ranma, there's a very clear distinction. There is there is Ranma before and after Hapasai. Ranma before Hapasai is very good and funny. Ranma after Hapasai, you <laughs> just throw all that trash. Uh, true, true. I, I think, I think it's just fascinating that looking at this it's like i could go like okay it's a little loud and obnoxious and annoying or oh i've seen this before but it's like i'm not really going in with that lens i'm going in for that lens like 
it's like watching that old influential show from the 60s and 70s that changed the game forever but it's practically so basic now it almost feels like endearing to look back on this is just that but with like a pretty shiny coat of paint oh oh yeah that looks great this is what the David Production A team has been working on all this time. Much to the much to the ire of the JoJo fandom. Yeah, pretty much. Like JoJo still looks good, but I, I, I definitely, I, it's pretty clear right now. This is where they wanted a lot of good people on it, and, and it shows. Oh uh, yeah, and we also got to give this show credit because uh, you know what we're gonna get a Guanchigo, obviously the opening in one season, getting two. Oh, the opening sounds great. Hmm. So and good I... news, based out of uh, Anime Week in Atlanta, this is getting a dub. Ooh. Strange. I already thought it was getting a dub. I saw some clips going around online about that new BBC dub that was being oh. produced. <laughs> Thank uh, you, Falero. Uh, your 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 and, your service and, is always and, welcome. And, and, and. In that respect, I do feel a little bad for whoever's going to be in this because they're just going to be immediately compared to that. And it's, and that's Honest, I, they're not going to. I think it's clear Falero knows that this is all in jest. I just appreciate the fact that he's getting all of his British buddies to do a thing. I like Falero. I, I remember Danganronpa uh, bridge thing. I fucking still quote that shit. I put these. I put those knives under your bed, Nyagi, to protect you. <laughs> ah, it breaks me back. Uh, yeah, this, this this is just a fun, cute show that is just. It's meant to get a laugh out of you by literally poking fun at itself with with, with these characters. If you like, it's always sunny in Philadelphia, which. Uh, I'm wearing a Patty shirt tonight, just in case you're, you want to work on with this. You will probably enjoy this as well. It's charming and it's cute. Like I, I, I can't. I actively can't be mad at this. So I'm not particularly familiar with Urusei Yatsura. So I, I watched um, one of the old episodes, and. I, it was actually one that got adapted in the second episode of the series. And comparing that to the first two episodes of this one, I feel like the pacing is a little too frantic. Like, and the music cues in particular really pushes that. Like, it's it's really... Um, manic? Manic, yes. Manic. I feel like the thing you note with there is the, the difference you know there is that the old one was very often I mean at least to my like admittedly limited knowledge usually like adapting like maybe cause that maybe like starts to a single chapter into like an entire episode with like you know yeah, yeah. a bunch of extra jokes and stuff whereas this is like obviously you're doing like maybe one chapter is half an episode and then and then the other half of the episode is a different chapter is what this I, I, like, well, the thing is, both the original series and this series, they're they're doing this sort of half episode thing, which mm-hmm. hey, for a comedy that works out perfectly. But also, uh, to note uh, that first series from 1981 uh, lasted for four and a half years and aired for 194 episodes, and that wasn't even a complete adaptation. No. <laughs> 
The manga lasted for over eight years. God, I I didn't actually realize it was that long. Hmm. Wow. Just my observation. I'm I'm hoping that the the dub helps me kind of process it a bit better. But it is cute. It's funny, and it's you know looks great. And I'm not sitting here in Rigorosity. I'm pretty sure the only two. It's funny that for as long as Sakahashi stuff has been around, I'm pretty sure the only two things he does and has, like, the Queen out of Pages are Mason and Goku and Inuyasha, basically. Yeah, even compared to fast-paced Inuyasha, this this is like... <laughs> it's it's pretty breakneck, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> like I said, it's the Inuyasha greatest hit. They only have so much time, they gotta get all those jokes in. But, and, uh, and, like, they still have, like, a year's worth of episodes. <laughs> it's Irisei Yatsura for the TikTok crowd. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's, Ur- it's Urusei Yatsura for the Tinder crowd. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I'm actually with Sketch on this one. I think he's kind of onto something with the Urusei for the TikTokers. I think that's pretty bad. Uh, I mean, I did appreciate the Tinder joke in the opening. That worked good. <laughs> I like the fact that they know they're not going to do any modern technology stuff because this is a product of its time. So we're going to do that in a dream sequence with video games and idol concerts and fucking Tinder. Like that. That's that's cute. Mm-hmm. It's cute. Yeah. There we go. Also, that little dance thing uh, Lum does in the opening oh, is adorable. It's so good. It's good stuff. Such a cutie. All she wants is her darling. I like the fact, like, it's really funny to me that it's like, oh, she's the one girl he doesn't want. And now audiences 45 years later are like, Why? perish, you fucking pussy. More lightning pussy for me. <laughs> like, bruh, bruh, you have a good thing here. <laughs> Put some respect on the original wife whose name. Mm-hmm. Put some respect on Ramiko Takahashi's name. She is responsible for all the things you love. Uh, mostly because a lot of these things that you love are, at best, bad imitations of her work. Really has She really does have nothing left to prove anymore. She has basically invented every genre. Uh, honestly, after you've spent 30 years creating and writing Urusayatsura, Rama 1 Half, and Inuyasha, you don't need to keep working. But she does. I find that admirable. So new Ursa Yatsura. It looks pretty, and yeah, that's that's what I figured 45 years ago was like. Yeah. <laughs> Alright. Even his parents don't want him. <laughs> Fucking Christ, that's rough. Uh, yeah. And so we go from one span of crazy to a much different span of crazy. With a show that you should all be watching, I don't care what excuse you have, watch it. Akiba Made War. Uh, okay, okay, so I gotta say that going into this, like, I knew there was going to be a twist because, like, you know, because a lot of the PA work shows we've got lately have, you know, kind of been. Okay, well, obviously not supposed to be this, but it kind of had a. Oh, hey, this is this very cute-looking thing that is clearly hiding some kind of bizarre twist. The the other thing to go in with the context, this is produced by Psy Games. Huh. That is important for this context for a particular reason. 
Yes, and I so, like so yeah, so uh, yeah, so literally like when I was go when I was like seeing all the promotional material for this, I was like, okay, what's it what's gonna be? How long am I gonna have to wait to see it? And then it's just there, right at the very start of the episode. It takes like <laughs> not even a minute before everything is unveiled. So I think the thing that Akiva made war basically makes clear. It's not a big secret that this is bloody made war Yakuza. The actual catch is how they show it. Yeah, basically the twist is that yeah, basically the twist is that this is not a weird twist. The twist is that this is actually the entire premise, which I kind of respect. Do you want to see a giant shootout? Set to a musical number? Yes? Then this is the show for you. So, like, I think my biggest concern was I figured, okay, it's called a maid, Keep a Maid War. Everybody's saying, go watch the first episode. Don't look up anything. Go watch it now. I thought my biggest fear was that, okay, the twist is it's going to be cute girls, but gory and violent and bloody and edgy. Yeah, no, not really. And I did not get edgy. That's for fucking. (laughs) (laughs) So, God, what the fuck even were their names? I don't even think their names matter. I just. I mean, I remember the most most important day, but we'll get to here in a bit. So, so, um, so, uh, after the, like, weird cold open, the show starts with, like, you know, a young girl girl moving into Akihabara. Uh, it's important to note that this takes place in the 90s, by the way. Uh, in 1999. Here comes the typical PA Works protagonist. God, is this show going to end with YQ2K being real? Is it, uh, I think the important thing to note with the 90s is that it is also... Is that, is that uh, the 90s were, or I guess, also a time where, uh, you know, the Yakuza were still uh, pretty active. So that was pretty king, yeah. <laughs> so that is also probably the thing they're also literally pretty. Yes, yeah, yeah. So anyway, so you know, you have a young girl moving into Bagabara because uh, because she really wants because she really wants to work at a maid cafe and thinks that working there would be really cute. So she joins this really kind of rundown maid cafe. A literal pigsty. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Gets to meet her coworkers. One of them. Uh, yeah, one of them is a top maid, and she's like a little cynical. One is like this girl. girl. And then, and then there's a manager who is great because she just kind of sucks. And then there's a panda in the pigsty for some reason. <laughs> don't worry about it. It's, he's just there. Just don't worry about it. Yeah. 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 But she is not the only new. But she's not the only newcomer. There is another one, uh, specifically a mysterious and gloomy. 35-year-old woman who just decides to join this main cafe for some reason. They're like, she's, glo- she's gloomy Thank and you. unapproachable at 35, and I'm like, Thank you. Bro! <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Give me more. <laughs> yeah, her name is Rob Kelly. She's great. And she's voiced by Ray from Sailor Moon. Oh my god, really? The original Ray from Sailor Moon! Oh, okay. oh I didn't even notice that. That's great. That's pretty great. So, um, 
So they have to go do a deal because a guy who is literally dressed like a fucking shitty made dwelling otaku guy is like, hey, I need to get my sweets money because you are overdue on your payment. Here's what you're going to do. You're going to send your girls to go to this other cafe. Give them this letter. And then she's like, and then the manager's like, hey, girls, you're going to go do a job. And then she goes on the Internet to put up needing new maids. It's like, you believe in them, right? It's like, yeah. And why are you putting up help wanted? Uh, I don't believe in them that much. <laughs> Their boss is just the worst. She, she walks in. They go to the cafe. They walk in on a girl, like the top bitch threatening to cut off one of the pigtails of like one of the cafe girls and they play it with all the genuine fear and anguish of getting a body part cut off and that that dichotomy is really funny Of, like, the same level of anguish of, like, your pinkies getting cut off or your ears getting sliced off, but it's her fucking pigtail. You know, the hair is a big part of the look. And then the, she gives the letter. The, the new meek girl gets slapped a couple of times. And then the bad bunny bitch gets shot in the fucking head. Oh, yeah. We're, we're talking, honest to God, gang war is going on. Honest to God, gang war. But she gets shot in the head. And for comedic effect, the blood hole from her fucking head squirts onto, like, the new girl. Like, not <laughs> once, not twice, but three times in what I can only describe as, like, slapstick ketchup projectile and she's like huh oh that's weird that i got all over my oh, bib yeah, oh, oh yeah yeah the basic thing is they went to a robin bar like before that and she was wearing a bib entirely for that scene it's amazing and then she and then she's like well it's, it's, i guess it's a good thing i kept my bib on there's there's blood on it now and then oh my god the fucking idol musical number that is the fucking gang war shootout time to the music with all of the guns and the fucking knives being used like glow sticks. (laughs) What a strong... What a strong finale for a first episode. Like, I I didn't know what I expected. I figured... I was expecting gore. I was expecting edge. I wasn't expecting tongue-in-cheek gang war idol raves. (laughs) (laughs) And remember when I mentioned Psy Games, I believe, was producing this? Uh Uh-huh. I'm saying this because guess what? They also did Zombieland Saga. Uh, now it comes together. Akiba's uh, 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 Made War, Akiba Made War's premiere was basically 
pretty reminiscent, almost verbatim, to the exact strategy they used for Zombieland Saga. In that they revealed very little. All you knew was, oh, I guess zombies are involved or something. This is like, oh, I guess maids or something are involved. And it might be a little more than meets the eye. And then you see more than meets an eye. Not only is it bloody and violent Yakuza stuff, but it's also tongue-in-cheek as shit. <laughs> uh, and this uh-huh. too as announced at Anime Weekend Atlanta at, at Anime Weekend Atlanta can I talk is also getting a dub which is oh, wonderful excellent. I'm kind of shocked I figured this one was going to take a little bit but hey I'm not complaining dub more PA if by some weird chance somebody works there is what they're doing this just do this in a style of like an old crusty 90s ADV dub Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, boy. This was fun. Yes. This is indeed fun. Akiba made more. Watch it. Are you watching it? Yes? Good. Keep watching it. No? (laughs) What are you doing? Watch it. Uh, 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 Yeah, uh, yeah. I I won't say too much since I am caught up currently, but uh, yeah, the other episodes are also equally bizarre. It's great. They're having lots of fun with genres, and I really appreciate it. Also, I love the fact... Okay, I also forgot the fact. The opening is very much, like, idle, but, like, dark, gritty, like, 2000s action flick mixed into it. And then, like, The the ED is a fucking, like sultry jazz number where she is saying moe moe kune in a fucking jazz ballad yeah yeah it's great they're going full on like yakuza samurai dramatic ending song yeah the one other thing I'll say that if you need any other selling point for this uh the entirety of the third episode is just one big Asuka and Joe reference, and I'm kind of impressed. It's great. Wild. <laughs> uh, what a fun time. What did you think of the episodes we saw on Duelist? Uh, posi- Let me ask you this. Do you think this show is more or less ridiculous than Birdie Wing? Either way, it's certainly taking up the mantle of stuff this season. <laughs> I mean, now that uh, Burning Wing Part 2 is getting delayed, uh, we, need that, we need this to comfort us in these drawing times. <sighs> yes. Sad. Sad. We need, we need all, all the wonderfully, insatiably crazy goodness to keep us warm in this very cold winter of ours. I'm going to say Birdie Wing because Birdie Wing is still a lot gayer. Um, so yeah. far, at least. Uh, I, I made the joke that some will get about the show of, uh, so is this where Roberta's blood trail leads us? You know. <laughs> you know. <laughs> you might be on something there. <laughs> yeah. It's a good time. Yes, it is. Four solid hitters, depending on what you like. And now we're going to veer off into a set of uh, continuing slash uh, sequel season shows, starting with the second half of one of the uh, more prominent shows of this year, Spy Family. I would like to uh, 
congratulate the Spy Family production uh, staff and studios in the most galaxy-brained move of, hey, we just made one of the best anime OPs of the entire year. How the fuck do we follow it up? And their answer was, bump of chicken. Yes! And I must say... That is a galaxy-brained move <laughs> of like, okay, we can't top this. Let's just give it to one of the best bands in the fucking okay, business. Okay, Andrew, you know, that's without mentioning the true most galaxy-brained thing about that OP. It is that, it is that they somehow got Tetsuo Araki, you know, the Attack of Satan guy, the Death Note guy, the Guilty Crown guy, you know, all that edgy stuff. To do something, like, really sweet and wholesome to the point where, where I saw his name for the test, I'm like, wow. really? But I fucking forgot that the opening was directed by Tetsuro Araki. Oh my god, you're right! I didn't know he could do that! I didn't fucking know Tetsuro Araki could make something that cute! <laughs> I didn't know it. range. It's like... It's like learning an old pony has some tricks up his sleeve he hasn't showed yet. It's like, you could do that? You could do that the whole time? It's like, yeah, I just didn't feel like it. It's like, <laughs> how the fuck? And it's cute? And it's wholesome? And it still makes you all look fucking fine, by the way. Ah, mm. uh, yes. Let, let, let us remember the hierarchy of uh, these characters. It is both Lloyd and... Your, who are uh, as you uh, said, Andrew. Shut the really fuck up! Shut the fuck up! <laughs> shut your fucking whore, bitch I'm ass! I'm never going to let you live that down. Eat well, a yeah, dick. We, Let's we move on. Some, we had some quality your acting dangus in, in these episodes. Anya is too young to marry. <laughs> so this is the closest we've had, I guess, to like an actual serious arc in the show thus far uh-huh. is the big is the big arc where they get the dock guys it is like actual stakes actual tension actual shit will go wrong if things get fucked up and all of the characters have a part to play in it like lloyd is the most directly involved in the plot anya gets involved in it because she knows more than she lets on and Yor is getting by on dumb luck and brute mama bear strength. <laughs> and it's fucking great. The dog is... I love the big, big fluffy boy. He's a good friend. He's delightful. He does a bork, and it makes my heart go squeak. And also, he can see into the future. I can see the future! <laughs> Thank you, team. Oh, no! They can see me! Well, I will have to stop them from killing the president! In the future! Uh, Mom's gonna go off! Daddy's gonna die! Uh, Gotta save the future! Yes, yes, yes. Very, very good dog, indeed. And, and of course, uh... This entire gaggle of idiots are, are still just absolutely wonderful, even though, uh... Well, I'm sure that's going to come up in conversation one day, and but uh, thankfully it's not going to be anytime soon. 
Daddy takes a really long time in the bathroom. <laughs> he forgot his toilet paper. paper. So, uh, Anya, your uh, your explanations <laughs> are wonderful. Anyways, can I take a quick soapbox for a second to say people really misunderstood a recent interview with the author of the manga. Oh, that thing. Here we go. It's like people literally, honest to God, thought the author said, I hate these characters and I hate the fact that this series got popular. Which is not what he fucking said. He basically said... I was doing a breather series in between after my last one didn't do so well. So I did something a little simp- simpler, a little lighter than I usually do. And then it got really big and I'm happy that people are enjoying it. It just took me by surprise by how big it got. And it's like the side project becoming the big project is a thing that happens for a lot of creators. And even if this like, People just assume their first or biggest work is the author's dream project. That's not always the case. Like, like I get the impression Tatsuya Endo is somebody who really likes, who does genuinely enjoy serious dramatic stakes and like spy, spy thriller friction. And even if it's not like a completely serious story, he still does that in Spy Family, and he still gets to sprinkle a lot of the things he enjoys writing into Spy Family. And he doesn't hate the character. You can tell when an author hates or has extreme disdain or indifference for their characters. That does not come across in Spy Family at all. Clearly, what we have here is a lack of reading comprehension. I think we should ask half the Chainsaw Man audience what that is like. (laughs) (laughs) All I'm saying is, it helps if you pay attention to things. It's just general common sense, too. It's like the author's not saying he hates the characters. It's just this was the breather work and he was surprised how big it got, but he's glad people like it. If he really hated it, he would have stopped. Uh, uh, yeah, at the very least, if he didn't like it, it would be going a lot faster than it currently is. I also think, yeah, that's what I was going to say. It felt like it would have sped to a conclusion. It, it's not currently plant- looking to end anytime soon, and he still likes these characters and puts them in fun and creative scenarios. And gives us great faces. There's so many great faces. So many great faces. <laughs> anyway, Spy Family is still delightful. Bond is a good worker, and you're still hot, and Lloyd's still hot. Also, they made Sylvia like really fucking intimidating for that one scene too. I was like, oh, girl, <laughs> heel right to the face. Woo. <laughs> Fun times all around. Alright, time to rip off some band-aids. Despite all of the, uh, and I hate to use this word, but it's, it's the best word to use, controversy surrounding it. It is still here. We still have to talk about it in some capacity. Season 3 
of Mob Psycho 100. Do you know how fucked up it is that literally everything that is going wrong with Mob Psycho 100 is everything except the anime production? It is certainly wild because the show so far high tier. It still looks great. It still looks fantastic. It still has the same level of love, craft, and creativity on a creative anime production, the likes of which, honestly, most to all of our favorites will never get. But everything around Mob Psycho has been fucking cursed this season. Like, like we, like we, we talked about the whole... This was the straw that broke the kettle's back about the discussion about Crunchyroll dub unions, all the discourse and controversy that led to the just a meeting thing. And then we have the shit that just happened with Takahiro Sakurai. Yeah. Uh, okay, um, is it possible we can get Reagan a voice actor who can learn how to keep his hands to himself? In both uh, languages. Ooh, I, I just, I'm not even going anywhere. I just needed to say that it feels so fucking crazy. It feel everything that has happened with Mob Psycho has been everything but the anime production. The anime production is on point. On, on cue, fucking killing it. Everything else around Mob Psycho this season has been rough. Which is a bummer, because it's honestly still kind of great. It's, it's still good. It's still Mob, and it's still delightful. It's it's a great cartoon. It's a great action cartoon. It's a great silly face cartoon. It, it's, it's still great. It's still got it. It just... It really does not deal what's been done to it yeah. or around it's it doesn't deal what's happening around it it's it really doesn't i will say like maybe the best thing to come out of this series right now is the mob chainsaw man crossover comics i see on twitter okay i what are you so fandom is fascinating and i kind of adore the mob psycho fandom and i love the strange crossover they decided what if makima picked up what if makima picked up mob and what if reagan picked up denji which has led to some very interesting conversations where uh, where you know what they decided they decided not to corrupt mob they decided Mob is the only person Makima is not corrupting. <laughs> like, what a... I love that. Makima will use and abuse everybody else. But no, Mob's just a good kid. I'm gonna, I'm gonna treat, him, treat him good. I think one of my favorite things I saw was somebody took that old pro-ZD uh, vine of, like, a mobster like trying to it, torture somebody but then his kid comes in we have ways of making you talk sweetie sweetie uh daddy's at work right now oh my god did you draw that that's so good i'm proud of you and, and somebody's like okay that's just makima and mob <laughs> so yeah i could definitely see denji hanging out with regan <laughs> they would almost get along too too well i think <laughs> but yeah 
it's still good. Like, the show itself is still good, but it has hit a unique level of controversy of everything surrounding it this season, the likes of which is really not the show's fault. None of it is the show. It's everything else. Show still looks great. Show's still great. Still a fucking banger, and it's just getting dealt a unique handicap. Let's yep. put it like that. So I only took a peek at uh, episode three, having not seen any of season two, however reckless that may be. Wow. I, I, I am intrigued at the prospect of somebody trying to get Mob to be student council president. I think that's that could be fun. God, the entirety of God. You know what I always talk about the fact of mob psych about like Chainsaw Man is Denji learning to be a person. I, I, like the entirety of Mob Psycho is basically somebody who is special learning how to be an ordinary person. Hmm. And I kind of see where the Chainsaw Man Mob Psycho comparisons come from in that regard. Like, Mob Psycho fans, y'all guys are great. Y'all guys are putting in the work and arguably have been doing better at this than any company ever could. You can't make the Tumblr sexy man of Reagan Arataka versus Sans Undertale happen through artificial means <laughs> you can't create that in pr you can't create that in modified fandom that is raw pure fandom bliss and desire made manifest you can't make that so i will give mob psycho season three a fair chance it probably will be in japanese I'm not going to deny that. And they did, in fact, bring more people from the original English dub than, like, they have made privy. But there's a couple of, like, obvious notable recasts outside of the obvious one. Make of that what you will. Yeah. I'm not going to say does not watch it. I'm just going to say at this point, just be informed. And if you were going to recast anybody, why didn't you recast something? Yeah, 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 yeah. I know. It doesn't yeah. matter at this point, arguably. We get it. <sighs> yeah. Nothing more needs to be said on that, I guess. So after that heavy, after that rather heavy discussion. Ten fucking years. Jesus Christ, man. I know how to uh, get us back in a more positive mood. Yes, it's time. Let's talk about the Mirko Show, starring Mirko, a.k.a. Season 6 of My Hero Academia. Broke my fault with my legs. I think one of the funniest things I saw people talking about was somebody being like, man, is it just me or does Mirko sound different than when she first appeared? And I have an answer for that. In the time period between... When Aeneris Kinonias was first cast as Mirko at the end of season four of My Hero Academia 
compared to when the big Mirko moment actually happened in season six of My Hero Academia, Anaris Canonias has gained an exceptional amount of experience as an actress. She has been many, many things in the past couple of years. Just to name a few, Echidna in ReZero, Yelena in Attack on Titan, Rika Kawaii in Wonder Egg Priority, Yoshikawa in Horimiya, Miyuki Shiba in Mahoka, yes, that Mahoka, I can't believe it either, Gol in Reckonerd of Ragnarok, Rika Orimoto in Jujutsu Kaisen Zero, and Tama in I the Somnium Files, Nirvana Initiative, that's just me cherry-picking. She's gotten a lot of experience as an actress in the past several years, she has grown as an actress, and when when she did finally get to do the big Mirko moment, it was fucking great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, guess what? My Hero Academia is still good, despite what people say. I still really like it, and anime season opened strong and shockingly did not open on a recap. No. As has kind of been tradition for the past couple of seasons. They just kind of went episode one which I was surprised about but not disappointed or upset in that and frankly it's very impressive that they got this out two weeks after the Japanese release when that cast is so massive yeah the cast of My Hero Academia is goddamn huge at this point especially for what is basically an all out brawl right now so yeah I think Colleen said that uh, Christopher Waycamp is assisting her for a lot of the incidentals, especially during the first episode. And yeah, you kind of need help to do this many actors all at once. Mm. And it still sounds great. Still, it still looks really good, too. Like some of those fucking cuts with Mirko, especially like they (laughs) they knew they knew they know what they're doing. They, of course, expanded her fucking thighs because they're not Mirko cowards. Mirko is also cut. So, Sketch, I can't help but feel that you have some thoughts on some uh, Toonami-related aspects potentially related to this. Yeah, what's going on here? Oh, oh yeah. boy, who knows? Uh, it looks like they're rerunning five, uh, three episodes of season five. Um, could lead to season six. It's certainly possible. I mean, give, give them a little more leeway, I guess, considering that would be some kind of contractual agreement if that contract is still, in fact, valid. Yeah, well, if it is valid, I guess that's either the existing contract keeping Sony from being stupid or possibly Toho twisting their arm. Either way, I'm glad that it looks like my hero is is uh is coming i i I just find it weird that now more than ever all the production companies from japan are looking at tsunami and going you know what that's actually a pretty cool thing like toei they want one piece on tsunami over here not freaking crunchyroll uh-huh yeah, that's the unique scenario where at this point Toei is arguably the bigger player in regards to marketing One Piece than mm-hmm. Funimation or Crunchyroll. They're just the middleman. Toei's the one who signs all the checks. Yeah. 
So, uh, so Toei, you, you know, um, Dragon Quest dies. It's, it's there. Put it, put it, put it on TV. <laughs> yeah, I don't think Toei shares a lot with Dragon Quest die. <laughs> Put it on TV, please. I mean, I mean, we're gonna hear stuff about Die soon, so you never know. That that we learn. Can we talk about the fact that that dub we learned about it years before it was supposed to be revealed because somebody kicked the hornet's nest at SAG-AFTRA? <laughs> huh? Like that's fucking nuts. Yeah. It's still really nuts how we found out. My hero still looks really good. This is a very big, dramatic arc. A lot of pieces are moving. A lot of character arcs are developing. It still looks really good. I'm still pretty into all of this. And it sounds great. And now people who were wondering, hey, what's up with this bunny lady? I mean, she's hot, but like, why is everybody so into her? Can now be like, oh, that's fucking why. <laughs> yeah. It's literally, like, kind of one of the coolest things in the show, and it's like, I'm going to use a reference to uh, another shounen manga. So, f- for you Black Clover fans, do you know Mero- Me- Mallory- Mello- oh god, how the fuck do you say her name? Mallory- oh. Me- Hot Fire Lady. Help me out here. Uh, I don't remember her name either, so I can't. I can't. Fuck you! Oh my god, I'm gonna fucking mm, fucking amateurs. Okay, look, that look, I can re- I can remember the name of most of the black bowls, like everyone else. Uh, they're just characters that exist to me. Mara Leona Vermilion. Yeah, that. The hot fire lady that like yells feral and kicks a bunch of ass and is also hot. Does she have red hair? Yes. Okay, yeah, I'm pretty sure I do it. <laughs> Mirko is to my hero what she is to Black Clover in that she is a feral kick ass lady that will fucking crush some bitches. And also God, she she's so fucking it's but not that she she's so bunny rabbit. <laughs> It's not just that Mirko is so fucking hot, which she is, incredibly. But, like, her fucking, like, attack is so... Her fucking battle is so fucking raw and so fucking cool. It's, like... Like, you could tell Horikoshi fucking loved drawing Mirko. Eh, no big deal. (laughs) Literally, like, blew her arm off and just uses her fucking hair as a tourniquet and keeps going. That shit's cool. So cool. Mm -hmm. Enjoy it, Zena Robinson. We know you are. (laughs) God, one of the funniest things was seeing, like, one of his, uh, voice actor cohorts thirsting over uh, how fucking hot Hawks was looking being menacing and he was quoting the bible at her and it was like (laughs) you're dude I see your Mirko post you have no ground to stand oh lordy Lou. bless bless (laughs) indeed alright Now, this next one, I don't know how much we're going to say, considering I think it just started when we are recording this, but uh, we'll give it a try anyway. It is the long-awaited second season of To Your Eternity. I would like to say one of the funniest things 
I was thinking was, okay, you know how we were talking about the fact that, like, Spy Family had to make the hard follow-up of following up one of the best OPs of the season? Do Your Eternity had a unique challenge, which was... We have literally gotten the best person we could have ever gotten for an anime OP to do an anime OP for us. We got Hikara Utada. We got the the we got the legend themselves to do an anime OP for us. How do we follow that up? And the answer is you just keep the song and change the visuals. Which, you know what is fucking fair? <laughs> you can't, you can't match Hikara Utada, and it's like, do we get, do we get Hikara to do another song for us? You think we can fucking get them to do a second song for us? Are you mad, lad? Oh, that method is departure. Can we use the same song? Yeah. Okay, let, let's do that. And so they did. So it's still Pink Blood. And it's still really great song. But it's still Pink Blood. And that's hilarious to me. I have read the manga so I can talk about this. But I need to know if any of you have seen the first episode and can help me out here. I've seen like... Maybe two episodes of season one, so... Same. Uh, Got it. Yeah. Nobody's gonna help me. Uh, cool. yeah, uh, I literally finished season one just the other day. So. Okay. 40 years pass. Literally is on the island for 40 years. And deals with descendants deals with the descendants of Hakase because you know that thing that happened at the end of season one Jet uh, yeah. that thing effectively has a symbiotic relationship with her entire future family lineage it's a, oh, it's a, oh, and here I thought it was just going to like present her season is going to come back and like some yandere zombie. No. Literally passed down through the family. As in the firstborn girl of every daughter henceforth brandishes brandishes the thing and tries to get Fushi's attention going forward. Until it gets to one point where, I'm going to be honest, this is me going off of manga memory. I'm not 100. I think most of this is all stuff in, se- in the f- beginning of season two. So, like, basically the entire lineage is trying to get Fushi's attention, but he basically stays on the island for 40 years because he's like, nobody's going to come after me if I stay still. So basically stays on an island for 40 years. Literally doesn't actively transform during those 40 years. Or he does for a little bit, but 
he, he stays in the same form for a long time and you get to see the body's natural progression when he ages and doesn't change during that time then you see like the descendants of Hakase until he gets to one that is a boy because his mother actually died pretty suddenly before they could have she could have like a firstborn girl of the family and then the thing is with the eldest son that remained and then kind of becomes a companion he meets an old friend of his who is grows up 40 years and then the adventure continues to Your Eternity is a manga I really like, and it does some very interesting stories. I'm very curious what public perception is going to be of the next coming arcs. Some people might have some controversial opinions, but I think it's pretty interesting, compelling stuff in general. Okay, I'm looking forward to that. I'm kind of going off of manga memory, so... I, I When the dub comes out, I think you'll be intrigued at where it goes, Jet. I definitely don't think you're going to see where it goes. Okay, uh, I'm definitely curious. Mm hmm But yes, no, she's not a zombie. It's literally passed down through the generations. Okay. Okay. To your eternity. I'm sure it's still pretty good. I don't know if the anime production will be better or worse now that it has shifted its staff and studio. Uh, yeah, hopefully it's Hopefully it's better. I hope it's good, or at least serviceable. I would be a bummer if it falls apart. Yes, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I enjoyed, I mean, I enjoyed season one, but, uh, the middle, but, like, the, those middle episodes were pretty gross. Yeah, the fact that the, that arc before the finale was definitely a weaker arc didn't help the fact that it also kind of looked like it was, it was struggling for a bit. Which is a bummer, because like those 12 episodes that came before, it still looked really good, and were really good. Yeah. Anyways, To Your Eternity. Season 2. More to come. And dub coming soon. Coolness. Alright. So, uh, we got that done. Now we can uh, get to the other... Returning show that, Andrew, I know you're really into. Season 3 of Welcome to Demon School, Irumakun. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm always a good I really like Irumakun. It is like a comf- It is as close to a comfort anime as I got right now. And, guys, I'm going to be real with you. They recently revealed the English dub cast... The absolute sigh of fucking relief I let out. Because I was like, they'll probably get everybody back, but I really hope they get the cast and crew. But the whole Mob Psycho thing happened, and I really don't know what the fuck is going to happen. We're kind of, I don't fucking know, guys. I don't fucking know. And then I see the cast. Almost everybody's back. Jalen's back. Rachel's back. The crew's back. And it's still a bang zoom. With one addendum. Yeah. The late great Billy Kamess was the role of Asmodeus Alice. He sadly passed away back in June. Somebody was going to have to fill in for his big shoes. Gone but not forgotten. 
and take over the role is one Stephen Fu, uh, aka Noe from the case study of Vanitas, Ryuki in I Nirvana Initiative, and yes, was also the one who filled in for now Fumi. Now Fumi, I completely forgot his name. The Shield Hero. He filled in for also filled in for Now Fumi for Shield Hero season two. I have nothing but respect for Stephen Fu. He's a fantastic actor, and I'm not going to hold it against him and compare him to the late Billy Kometz. That's not what Billy would have wanted. He's gonna do a great job, and it's in good hands. Thank you for the work you did prior, Billy. Okay. We're never going to forget you, man. Man, I'm so fucking happy they got this cast back. Which, by the way, guess what? For two fucking years, I had no idea who the fucking Mineta Bird was. For two years, I didn't know who was playing Kain Kamoy, who was basically like the Mineta archetype but was like a pervy owl I didn't know who played him for two years until that Sentai re- release came out and revealed it was fucking Mark Whitten Rengoku <laughs> was the pervert owl Sedif <laughs> from Fire Emblem Three Houses was the fucking pervert owl fucking crazy he's got range he's got fucking range Anyways, uh, going into... I'm, I'm done talking about the dub for now. And also, c- congratulations to Ellie Dreach for getting the role of Bachiko. But we'll, that's in the other context of Bachiko. Jet, please tell me who plays Bachiko in Japanese. Uh, that would be uh, the great Junko Takeuchi, who has done a lot of other things, but let's be real, you know her for one thing and one thing only, and that is Naruto. Date Bayo, motherfucker. I can't believe they got the voice of Naruto to play what is basically punk moe. Yeah, so, yeah, so, yeah, so, yeah, and to be clear, she's still doing the Naruto voice, like, you can definitely hear it. You can still hear it, but she is doing what is basically cutesy Lolita girl, who's also, like, a punk with a bad attitude. Which is really funny. That's really funny. Yeah, like of all the people, of all the people could have cast it there, it's honestly pretty amazing. Yeah, this is a big season. Okay, I need to confess something. I read ahead. At some point, I gave up and I read ahead, and I basically read what is going to be the entirety of the season three arc. So I actually know what's coming. This is a big season for the rest of the misfits. If you wanted to see all those misfit kids actually develop. This is for you. This is the season for you. You get a little less Omri, but you get a lot more Misfit Kid development. So it's kind of a give and take. And you get to see Irba grow, and he gets to learn from his teacher about how to do a cool fucking, like, demon bow thing. And and you get to see all the kids training and interacting with each other. And, yeah. It's Irma. It's still pretty good. It's still very colorful. It's still a very comfy show. It's also weird hearing a season where you don't hear Da Pump, and instead you hear, like, Fantastics from, like, The Exiles. I think that's what the band's called. Uh, yeah, I think so. Anyways, I still like Irma Kuhn. I still very much enjoy Irma Kuhn. 
I'm very happy that it's crew, that it's cast and it's crew are returning. Genuinely was not sure what the fuck was going to happen there after the fiasco that was Mob Psycho, which really begs to question. They really fucked themselves by having to make it same day and date. Uh, Yeah, they sure did. And yet, for four weeks now, they have made no acknowledgement that dub episodes get uploaded. Literally, their other big titles, they couldn't manage the day and date, so they're like, okay, Mop's gotta stay day and date. We only trust that happening at our studios, not by anybody else. And that really fucked them in the long run in terms of public perception. Yeah, you mixed up your priorities there. Really short-sighted in the long run. If I, ju- I could have waited two weeks, guys. Come on. I'm already doing that for Chainsaw Man, and you premiered that dub early. Fuck off. <laughs> oh, Lord. <sighs> I will get to this show one day, and I will probably enjoy it. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah it's a very cute show. It's also the closest I could actually, like, if somebody actually wanted to recommend me a show I would say is, like, a good anime to watch with kids, I actually would say Yerimakun. Hmm. That's pretty good, frankly, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah, I can uh, see that. You just have to explain to them what a succubus is, and you'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> That's how they get you. Well, if they've ever been on Twitch, they probably know what a succubus is. Oh, Lordy. <laughs> Jesus. Okay, okay, okay. What is with all the succubus VTubers? <laughs> you know, uh. look, it's a fucking hot aesthetic. Mm-hmm. They know it. Mm-hmm. And then some. And then you also have incubus VTubers, too, in which case, yeah, they know what they're doing. Yeah, they know. And then there's Taka. And then there's Taka, man. I'm happy for him. He's doing very well for himself. Yeah, alright. I think this is the part I actually need to walk out of the room, because I have seen the first half of this. I have not seen any of this. Okay, well... I didn't finish season one. Should I walk out, too? (laughs) (laughs) Now's a good time to go to the bathroom. (laughs) I'm going to take the lead on this. I'll be back in five. I will keep this as spoiler-free as possible, because there's one more uh, returning show to talk about here. As we now have the second half of the second season, after 11 years, of Tiger and Bunny. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I gotta say, uh, if the second half was... I mean, if the first half was like, okay, here's like a really solid return to form where we demonstrate that, like, is that where we demonstrate that? Yes, this is in fact a proper sequel and not like a and not like a transparent sunrise cast grab. <laughs> okay, yeah, so it's first up with that. So this is where like, okay, yeah, so now we're really gonna be as unsafe as possible. Yeah. <laughs> now, back when we did the spring season show, I mentioned that I was not going to watch this until the second half dropped because I quite frankly don't like Netflix's um, distribution model of just dropping everything and expecting people to watch everything in a span of one or two days. That That is just unfeasible. As, 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 oh, oh, I spread this out over the course of a week. I, I did this over two weeks, the whole show. 
I cannot tell you how hard that was for me because I always have to be up doing something, being active, not just you know sitting for you know four or five hours on end just watching stuff. Just it's just one it's just a weird habit I have. But I will say, if I can describe this season in two words, it would be this. Couples counseling. <laughs> yes, that. Yes, because that you see, accurate. everybody is now paired up after the success of uh, Tiger and Barnaby led to, among many things, ratings increases. Because, yes, we still have this world where actual crime is being broadcast live on television with captivating audiences gathering around at bars and homes to watch everything happen, which is... Yeah, it's really how time has only made that feel more relevant. Eleven <laughs> years of comic book media can go a long way with this. Oh, yeah. Speaking of comic book media, I feel that the second half of this season really leans into some angles of, oh, I don't know, X-Men. <laughs> X-Men, Captain America Civil War. Yeah. <laughs> a couple of other things. Also, Miley Flanagan is in the show, too. Yes. She's the, the manager of Josh Keaton and Robbie Damon. And I it was a pleasant that- surprise to hear her there. So, yeah, because like I just, I just like I literally don't hear her do anything outside of Naruto. So it's like, oh yeah, my- <laughs> it's like, whoa, what's Naruto doing here? The only other time I've ever heard Miley Flanagan is that one uh, State Farm commercial she did with Chris Paul. Huh. And that and that's it. Ah, about that. It's pleasant to hear her. I want to hear her in more things. Companies. Yeah. yeah. Put her in more shows. Yeah, so here are my belated thoughts on the first half. Uh, again, this is couples counseling with a giant dose of there is no heterosexual explanation for any of this, uh, <laughs> which uh, is, you know, wonderful. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, the, like, literally the only one is just, like, the Blue Rose Gold Ryan one. That's it. The only one. The, ob- the obligatory one, basically. Yes. Which is uh, full of hijinks, but uh, it's nice. Yeah. It's like it's like an older brother sister thing. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. It, it's 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 just it it feels like more of Tiger and Bunny, which you know that's not a bad thing. I I've I've been wanting more Tiger and Bunny for many many years. Yes, yeah, and I got it, so I'm happy with that. Yeah, and then the yeah, and then the second half, like actually follows up on a lot of these stuff from season one, which I was genuinely not expecting. And without going too deep into that territory, it does dive into, um, quote-unquote, real-world issues being played out. Mm. Unrest with the public, conspiracy theories, ACAB. It's all there. Yeah, also, if you thought there wasn't enough lunatic in the first half, rest assured, you can say what to do in the second half. Yeah, because uh, the central focus of the second half is something that could be accurately described as uh, panic and hysteria, though it would tie into something truly, absolutely, would never happen in the real world, something like a, a viral strain breaking out, something like... 
some kind of manic health crisis. Um, a pandemic, you would say. Oh, boy. But, but yeah, that would never happen in the real world, guys. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> this is just a fun, silly superhero world. <laughs> See, the first I season of Tiger <laughs> The first season of Tiger and Bunny was a lot of fun. I mean, there was some cool mystery elements. Uh, you got the buddy comedy, all of that. You know, it's a fairly typical superhero shenanigans stuff with some serious stakes at points. But they really didn't go into, like, the world, so to speak. Like, what life is like in this universe. And this second season answers a lot of those questions. And I think that is fantastic. And it builds the characters well. You see all these dynamics getting better and better. And by the end, man... Man, Tiger and Barnaby by the end, man. Yeah, it's really if the first season kind of went into kind of went into the oh hey you know like what if like what if superheroes you know had to as I said what if superheroes were commercialized and that was kind of like the whole thing season one lead on. This, okay, yeah, okay, yeah. This this kind of it was all about Tiger kind of trying to push what he thinks a hero is. That that was like the shtick of season one. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess it, it I, I guess it worked out in the end, considering what this season was like. Yes. Yeah, and this one leads into more of, like, I guess, I guess more to how uh, people like that can be exploited, uh, can be exploited by society and whatnot. Yeah, because there's a puppet master that's sort of controlling all the unrest by trying to get the public to uh, turn on their superheroes. And while I was watching, I was wondering, okay, what's the goal here? Is it political gain, personal power? What's the motive? And then, oh, Ouroboros, duh. Yes, yes, yeah, I'm definitely glad they followed up on the Ouroboros thing because that was the one big thing from, thing from season one I was convinced they just weren't going to bother with, but they did. I'm glad. I think the... I, I've I've seen the first half. I've not seen the second of season two. I think the biggest shock is that I'm shocked at how satisfied you are when you talk about it, Jet. I felt like with something like this, there was gonna be a caveat or a catch or something that irked you or something that changed or it seemed a little too safe and it sounded like it was somehow exactly what you the biggest tiger and bunny super fan i know <laughs> wanted and that impresses me as a, as a, uh, yeah as a, yeah like literally the only complaint i would have or that the villains are kind of like a little less interesting than the main builder season one yeah, he's no Jake Martinez. <laughs> and I did like the villain twins. I did like those twins. Yeah, I feel like the actual story development for season two are more interesting, so that does kind of balance yeah. itself out. Well, oh man, did Robbie Damon have fun as not Joker? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And, and also being vague as possible, I really appreciate that this year just went, you know what? We have evil All Might at home. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the few nitpicks I have with this are are just nitpicks. Like the animation 
It's definitely not as polished, considering this is not Sunrise, mm. this is Bond Dynamical Pictures. Distinction without a difference, I know. Uh, the direction, again, not quite on the same level as the first season. In a, in a way, this felt like a stronger overall plot for a season. Though I, I don't know if it's, I'm just remembering it wrong, but it felt like this is trying to adhere to what I'm calling the Netflix structure where everything just flows one after the yeah, other. I, I mean, okay, I mean, it is structured. I would say it's pretty similar to how season one's plot was structured. So I don't think so it did, did anything too, too different there. But, but, the, but it does feel like a pretty big distinction in, like, six between the first like and second half for the season. The second half was really all one long story, whereas yeah. the, the first half had more... Uh, shall the first we half say had, had more moments of the characters, yeah. Yeah, it it, it had more character specific episodes, more one offs. Where this one, it was all just kind of a long overdrawn. I kind of wanted more one offs. Okay, yeah, to be fair, that was to also me. basically the same thing with like season one, where that was that where the oh, first yeah, half was mostly character stuff, and then the second half was like all one big long plot. Right, 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 right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, the, yeah, so the one other thing I will say about this season before we're done here is, you know, is, is, is you know, Tiger, is, you know, Tiger and Barnaby, you know, they're, they're a good power couple, they're a good team, they're a good duo. My friends have, like, but they are no longer my favorite duo. That now, oh. that, that now belongs to Sky High and Fire Emblem. Okay. Oh man, I need to see this. Okay, not to give too much away, but at the end, the writers um, were like, "How? Who should we pair up? How about Sky High and Fire Emblem?" Yeah, just know at at the end, you will get a moment between those two where you will say to yourself, "They are totally going to have sex tonight." Okay, so clearly I need to watch the second half. Yes. And afterwards, yes. Sky High will say, thank you, and thank you again. <laughs> yeah. Um, He'll high-five his dogs right after. Yeah. Yeah, the, the build to get to that end in the second half of this second season, it does feel a little extended with sawdust in parts. Mm. There, there's a lot more stuff with Lunatic happening here, which... Oh, cool. Uh, given very recent events, feels a little awkward. I'm just going to say that. Mm. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I would say the big thing, as any other big thing is, uh, they is they have left room for easy the three because you know, of course, they they yeah they, <laughs> they, they did. Yeah, and... yeah, but yeah, but there's yeah, but yeah, but the very specific things that happened this season that I'm pretty sure that I imagine about have a harder time. Walking back from the day one with season one, just has me wondering, what are they going to do for a third season now? I said, like, you can't walk this back a second time, so I'm very curious what they're going to do here. I, I, I'm still having my offer up for the people at Bonte Amco and Sunrise. Give Kaede two dads. I've been saying that for ten years. Also, uh, as I was getting to with the build up to you know the, the grand finale, which the last episode is really good. Oh, they knocked it out of the park in the end. Not giving it away. They nailed it perfectly, and this makes me very happy uh, because this show is kind of special to me. If Jet's the number one super fan of Tiger and Bunny, I'm 
probably number uh, three or four, but but still, but still, I'm top five. Uh, yeah, we talked earlier about falling out of the whole seasonal you know, rigmarole. That happened to me a long time ago. 2012, I was just frankly out of everything. I was I was out of focus on everything going on, and then. As Neon Alley was getting ready to launch from Viz, they put up on their YouTube channel the first episode of Tiger and Bunny. I watched it. I was hooked immediately. This is the show that got me back into all of this. So to you, Tiger and Bunny was for you what Gurren Lagann was for me? In a matter of speaking, yes. Okay, that's fair. Doesn't change the fact that uh, 10 years of comic book superhero media has really opened my eyes and, and to this world and it makes me go, this is a really weird world you guys live in. Like, this is all real. This is not some kind of scripted entertainment program. That's, uh, uh, yeah, that, uh, yeah, and that really does feel pleasant. Like, I was kind of worried how redundant Tiger and Bay was going to feel when he posed my hero academia world, but it's like, nope, nope, it's so good. It's so got a... It's what I play to say. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, it has some overlap with my hero, but there's so parts of it that feel a little more adult. So, yeah, <laughs> so, 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 yeah so, so I feel like those two could coexist. Yeah, and I do like to believe that after everything was all said and done, both Kotetsu and Barnaby finally got to have that drink together. So, did you say? Did you bring it up when I left? Did you bring up? how fucking funny it was that that one Netflix social media guy decided, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to market Tiger and Bunny to the straights. <laughs> uh, I was like, which was like, yes, in season one, she did have like a crush on him and whatever. And I guess she still kind of does in season two, but like, you watched nah, season nah, nah, two nah, nah. and came away thinking Kotetsu and Blue Rose was how you were gonna sell this? Are no, you fucking no, no, high? No, no, no. This show is bookended. Bookended with the proper number one pair. Pay attention, <laughs> Netflix people. It fascinates me, and they wonder why they have trouble marketing these shows. Oh boy! Uh, so yeah. something that amused me was episode twenty-four is titled "Union is Strength." <laughs> oh, reality tr- f- fiction is f- reality is stranger than is sometimes stranger than fiction. Yeah, we know. All right. Yeah, that is season two of Tiger and Bunny in a nutshell. If this is the end, great way to cap it off. If somehow they're going to do more, figure that out and good luck. <laughs> oh, and uh, since I uh, did watch all 25 episodes of that over a span of two weeks, now I'm free to watch other things for the first time. Welcome to the Dub Talk Podcast Experience. I have two episodes in the next two weeks. That's why I haven't watched as much as I would have liked to for this. Yeah. Though I do have other responsibilities that uh, take up a lot of my time, but... Uh, Mood. 
I'll I'll deal with that another time. So let's just uh, carry on. We have a couple more shows left. Let's spin this whole sports anime format on its head with, uh, well, Football Battle Royale, Blue Lock. So... You mean soccer squid game? Blue Lock (laughs) is the anti-sports anime, and I do mean that in probably the most affectionate way I can say that. Uh... Mm-hmm. As, as, uh, as, as I was gonna say, affection is not my deep word. I would use it, okay. It it is the anti-sports anime, and it is very much going for sports battle royale as an aesthetic. It's kind of a batshit premise where it's basically, hey, what if a madman was like, okay, friendship, teamwork, determination, nah, nah, man, man, fuck that noise. What if power is everything, and what if we trained a bunch of high school soccer players into becoming insane, hyper, ego, 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 maniacal, ego, what, ego, maniacal, ego, maniacal monsters of soccer so that they could crush each other and basically destroy every other country in the world at the World Cup. Uh, yeah, uh, basically this feels like a sports anime for people who hate sports anime tropes, which uh, feels like a bit of a contradiction, but I guess if you are that person, uh, this is for you. I, I, I guess, here's what I describe. I feel like this is made by somebody who really likes sports anime and decided, alright, what if we fucking turned that on its head? I feel like... I. I feel like you can kind of tell when there is that malice for sports anime, and I feel like there is genuine enjoyment of sports anime in this, but I feel like it comes with somebody who decided, what if I flip that on its head? What if I, what would happen if I flip that on on its head? Because I've seen the type of thing you're talking about where it's I hate so and so genre what if I made it violent and edgy and shit and kind of unpleasant this doesn't feel unpleasant to me I could see why it would put you off Jed I, I definitely get that but this doesn't feel unpleasant this feels engaging to me cathartic I'm at least intrigued in it in the setup it is putting down for me. It's, yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, if nothing else, I will. Uh, I'm at least like curious where it might be headed. Like, I probably, I said, like, I probably will give it another shot at some point. It's just one of those things where, like, my first impression was not like my my first my, my first impression was not particularly great because I don't know. I guess it's just kind of like if your thing is like, hey, we're going to riff on this, like, once it's been done, we're just kind of like, okay, but like, I, but like, I like to think those genre is that genre is saying, so I mean, if you're going to riff on it, you got to have some kind of sincerity, so, uh, kind of what's even has that. If we had gotten no soccer anime in several years, I think I would understand being more upset. But we have gotten both a good soccer anime this year and a bad soccer anime this year. 
So at this point, this is allowed to exist besides those because it's okay. What if we turn this shit on its head? Yeah, to which, yeah, to which as an aside, I did have some problems with it, but I did enjoy my time and I watched it overall. If nothing else, like Kieran Street is very good at that too. We need to watch for them. For sure. I definitely will get to it at some point. And I will say the dub of this is also pretty good as of the first episode. Definitely getting Dr. Danny to be the psycho ego man is a inspired choice. Oh, man. <laughs> he delivered those, frankly, unhinged monologues so well. I was I was so engaged. <laughs> I looked at that character and what is what is this fucking one piece giraffe looking motherfucker? <laughs> and I don't mean that one piece giraffe looking motherfucker. He looks more normal than giraffe. he looks more normal than this man. <laughs> but yeah, this this very much is uh if not, okay, I'll say this. I think the thing I appreciated the main character, because it's very clear they have the main character and they have the guy, the guy with the white hair who is basically, this is the protagonist in your death battles and your Danganronpas. This is the guy that speaks of hope. This is the guy that speaks of working together. This is the guy who rejects the hypothesis of the crazy mastermind in charge of this operation. So let's get rid of him first. So let's get rid of him first. Yes, exactly. They created the they created the bastion of hope and goodwill and fucking deck him out in episode one. That's exactly what they're going for. And in episode two, you see that his facade was indeed pretty fake. Good to know. I actually have only seen the first episode. But I'll say this. I think... I'm intrigued by our actual protagonist in that he was given a chance to crush somebody who was basically defenseless. He was given an opportunity to crush somebody who was weak, defenseless, vulnerable to save his own skin. And then he decided, no, I'm not going to pick on the weak and helpless I'm going to take the strong and tear them off their ivory thrones and curb stomp them into the motherfucking dirt. And you know what? That's a fun way of doing that. Yeah, I did, yeah, I did find that angle. I appreciate the fact that it's like, oh, I'm not going to crush somebody who is down and helpless. No, I'm going to see the biggest baddest motherfucker in the yard and I'm gonna shank him. Yes, that's the analogy. <laughs> yeah, I do I do remember seeing one take that I think probably would happily describe this show from uh, well, Steve. Uh, in a way, this, this show is probably just, you know, the origin story of your typical like, children, children sports anime, Big Bad. This is how we get um, okay. What's Ben Diskin's character's name in Kurosawa's Basketball? Uh, oh, you mean Amina? This is a show based around creating the soccer Almine. 
which is a pretty exciting prospect. (laughs) (sighs) Yeah. I I can see why somebody would be put off by this, but you know what? There's enough going here that I'm intrigued, and also it looks pretty fucking great. Yeah, it does. Mm, It's aesthetically pleasing. Studio 8-Bit has come a long way from Comic Lucifer, and I'm very happy for them have coming a long way since Comet Lucifer. Oh, Comet Lucifer. That show was a bag of wasted potential. Sorry, let's not go okay, I mean, to be fair, that show did not look bad. It was bad. Uh, the C- it the CG begs to differ. I mean, for the time, I thought the CG back actually looked pretty okay. I, it, it's, it's, I did not care for that show. <laughs> Uh, I still argue with a friend of mine online who thinks it's really good. I'm like, no, it fucking sucks. I'm not so sure that the people that worked on that show care about that show. I'm glad 8-Bit has come a long way, and now they're getting to do some really good productions, and now they're even getting to do the shy anime, which I'm I'm very excited about. Anyways, Blue Lock, I, I enjoyed my time with it. I'll, I'll definitely check out more episodes. Yeah. Alright. And, yes... You're not looking at the list wrong. There is an isekai here. And it's a very interesting one. It is. The Eminence in Shadow. I don't completely know what to make of this show, to be quite honest. I will try and explain it to you all. So. uh, A boy who likes to play vigilante gets uh, isekai'd by a truck. As he do. Ends up in a fantasy world under a new guise. With uh, some chuny tendencies. I think he intentionally ran into traffic. <laughs> Maybe. You never know what's going on in the world. And he, in this new world, thinks that everything is imaginary roleplay. But there's a lot more laying under the surface. What we have here is a dark fantasy isekai piss take. As, as, okay, 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 yeah, Jesse, I want you to keep that on by because that is what I've heard about this year. That is how it has been. That is what's been sold but to me. Wait, from what from my research, it goes even deeper later on. Uh, yeah, the, yeah, yes. the, I find all of that interesting, but uh, that's interesting. That's a good sell. Yeah, but uh, it is worth noting that the first episode is. Uh, Anime original material. Um, oh yeah, yeah. The first episode's pre- the first. Actually, one, I heard the, that the first that episode was adapted is bad. Let, let, let fucking Jet talk. Yeah, yeah. I want to know that the first that the first episode is anime original material of what happened to the guy like before he got into guy. And I feel like it is important to bring that up because uh, because that first episode not a particularly great sell in my mind. The the at the material. Did not the original adaptation material did not throw in sexual assault. The anime did that willingly, which is usually the other way around. Yeah, it is like, why would you do that? Especially if it wasn't in the material to begin with. It's just like. Supposedly, it's somewhere in there. It's just like, like, like I know they needed to establish him to be kick-ass, but like she was already tied up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's weird. Yeah, it's weird knowing that that was both in the material, not in the material, and also that, you know, the material was, like, literally supposed to be silly, not taking itself seriously. So yeah. Like, why would you put um, that in there? Here, here's, a, here's a thing. 
in the comments from Jeff's uh, once to watch video about the show. I'll read it. I'll read it verbatim. Uh, spoiler warning: uh, that part, you know, that that episode is actually not an anime original, but instead put in the middle of Volume Four of the light novel. The anime actually did a good job with this scene to set up the things that's going to happen in the future as the light novel introduced this scene and the character out of nowhere and then right after switched to its entire genre from an isekai to post-apocalyptic monster survival reverse isekai shit with the girls shown from the start being an important plot point. And Jeff's response is, it switches to what now? What? <laughs> what? I told you. This goes really deep. It's really wait, weird. Wait, 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 wait. Duelist, d- didn't you say, are we sure this guy hasn't been isekai'd before? What? Okay. I think I may have said that. I, I, I will admit the premise does intrigue me, but there's a lot of going on here that is hard for me to keep tabs of. I did at least see one scene today that was shown to me that got a big crack of me, where it's like, literally like one of the girls in his fucking squad threw a gold coin at him, and sh- and he was like, do I look like the kind of man that can be persuaded with money? Yes. Oh, God. Well, you are in fact <laughs> correct. And then, she th- and then she throws another coin at him, and then he wolfs like a dog, and it's like, oh, so that's what Denji looks like to people from the outside. <laughs> mm, precisely. So, yeah. so, so the hook here is this kid, he comes up with these delusional ideas just because he wants to roleplay. But it turns out all of his bullshit is real. And he's the only one who doesn't know. Which is, you know, that is a pretty funny premise. I do like that. Holy Digimon Emperor Batman. Okay, so finding out that wasn't anime original material and that's just... What? This This show is weird. It's it's actually doing something interesting with the whole isekai concept by sort of tearing it apart and just sort of reorganizing things. Which for me, someone who doesn't like uh, generic isekai build number 64A275, I'm into that. I want to see this structure be torn apart and changed. Color be curious, I definitely do want to check it out. Well, good. Well, the good news is also announced at Anime Week in Atlanta. This will be getting a dub on High Dive. Yeah, I had a feeling this one was going to get one, so that's cool. Not good for Yeah. Though I do have to confess, I sort of put this in here just as a buffer before we get to our last show. It's kind of a biggie. We knew it was going to be big. Nobody could have known it was going to be this big our last show of the fall season mobile suit gundam the witch from mercury what a fucking pleasant surprise this one turned out to be uh, 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 yeah uh, yeah i think uh, yeah i don't remember who i saw specifically but i think they're like pretty specific like what I saw, what I expected, and what I got, and I think describes it perfectly. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so what I was expecting, from the, what I was expecting, given who the writer is, I was expecting Valver the Liberator. What I got. Who's in space. 
Yes, this is Revolutionary Gundam Utena. And you know what? Sometimes great artists steal, because what a fucking great choice. I mean, I mean, I mean, it is worth noting that, like, he actually did write, like, Utena light novels way back in the day, so, uh, I guess he's stealing from himself to some degree. He's stealing from himself and he knows what he wants, and I kind of respect that. So, I'm just going to say, I watched episode zero and I watched episode one. Those are feel like very different shows, but they're all part of the same story. Mm-hmm. So, episode zero felt like what I would basically imagine, this is a Gundam story. This is portrayal. This is Gundam space battles. This is a new type four-year-old girl who is basically just magic space powers. And then episode one is what if this precious little bean, as it turns out, girls, girls and guys alike, they don't actually want confidence bravado they don't want a chad a mega chad an ultra chad someone (laughs) who's mean and cool and rich and hot but also racist no you know what they want they want somebody who is basically a precious little anxiety being who looks like they have no backbone and like no no confidence but the second they get their backbone, they are the coolest, realest, hottest shit in the goddamn world. And everybody in that school wants a piece of that tomato. <laughs> but you see, there's a little bit of a problem as uh, she is betrothed to a special someone. And then she beats his ass. No, okay, no. She literally slaps his ass, by the way. I, I, I thought that was like a joke. No, she he literally sees the rich guy being rude to his fiance, and Earth she's like cowering in fear, and she's like, that's very rude and uncalled for. She literally slaps his ass. Um, I'm not talking about that guy. Oh. Wait, who were you talking about then? Her fiance. Oh, Tomato Girl's fiance, her cockatiel wife. Yeah. Folks, this Gundam has it all. A bi-panic space harem, messages to eat the rich, and yes, a very punchable Tucker Carlson analog. What more can you want out of anime? (laughs) All these fucking gatekeeper assholes to shut the fuck up for five minutes. Like, this is still Gundam, but this is also a newer... Like, alternate universe Gundam is fair game. It's been fair game for a while. Like, Universal Century ain't going anywhere. That's still established and consistent. But this isn't the first new Gundam we've gotten since Iron-Blooded Orphan. That's a new alternate universe let it be what it wants to be, and it, what it wants to be is actually pretty fucking fun. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants a piece of that bright red anxious tomato chick. Yeah. God bless her. I love that she's actually much taller than the cockatiel wife, but she always, like, 
slouches down and looks smaller. I love the Sundere cockatiel wife with her giant, anxious, tomato BB girlfriend. Ah, they're great. And also her growing harem of suitors. I almost can't believe that it's took them this long to do Gundam school. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we just had to find the right story to um, homage, if, as it were. I haven't even watched the two episodes, but this is the show I'm watching week to week through other people's reactions and clips. And dude, that fucking girl with the pom-pom hair. Oh. <laughs> fucking out cold. Decks a motherfucker out cold that she sees God. So much so that uh, you'll you'll hear the Windows XP shutdown sound. <laughs> that hurt. That looked like it fucking hurt. And it's the girl with the pom-pom hair that people were wondering, how does she put on the space th- helmet thing? A very tight cap. As, as, oh, as, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I appreciate that someone on top, like, actually decided to answer that with, like, an animated image. Which is These very funny. This, I like this ensemble cast. They're just, they have fun designs, but they're also... What is her name? I'm genuinely forgetting their names. I just know Tomato Wife and Cockatiel Wife. Uh, Suleta and uh, Mio are the names. What? Suleta and Mio are <laughs> the names. Ilata and Mia. Uh, okay. Suleta and Mia. Surata and Mia. You know, Mia. it's uh, uncomfortably close to slut. <laughs> oh, right! Her name is Suleta Mercury. She is literally slutty Mercury. I joked in the past, and now I realize, oh, this, this fucking chick is going to make all the moody teenagers with parent issues fucking swoon for her, because that is her god-given birthright. Uh, you know, I, I just can't help but laugh at some of the immediate reactions that some of these uh, knuckle-draggers had when they saw that a Gundam show was going to feature primarily a, a female lead cast. I'm looking on the Wikipedia page for the show. It says right here in plain English, the series revolves around themes of the dangers of emerging technologies alongside political corruption, criticism of capitalism, and revenge. A.K.A. it's a fucking Gundam show. What the hell were you all expecting? It, it's it's like saying, I don't like sharks, and then jumping into shark-infested waters, encountering sharks in the water, and the shark goes, I have no idea what you were expecting. <laughs> I I just enjoy this fucking anxious tomato paste girl. I, I love her. I saw a great fan art of uh, her just freaking out to every little thing, and you see her go from courtship to marriage to having children. I love... This is the show that's providing me with the most art and fan art I'm seeing this season. Even more than Chainsaw Man and Mob Psycho established well, fair, IPs. Chainsaw Man's hard to draw. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, and this, is, yeah, this is the thing that is really surprising to me. Like, in a season where you have Makima, in a season where you have the return of Blum, Juleta, this, like, little anxious anxiety being is somehow, like, it's somehow the anime girl would see that it is really wild. And you know what? <laughs> I'm so proud of her. I'm so happy for her. 
We're blessed with redheads this season. Get yeah. this get this kid all the bitches. It's fucking amazing. Yeah, no, uh Witcher Mercury is very charming and I'm very happy to see it's doing so well in a lot of people's uh opinions. It is. Uh, now, uh, um Yeah, it is worth doing that for all these kids who are very upset. Um that, uh, for all your complaining, uh the kids are selling out right now, so uh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's always the end goal with Gundam. Sell those kits. That's a cool looking Gundam. So on that note, uh Mr. DeMarco, uh we know you have contact at Sunrise. You know what to do. I am definitely this is definitely also going to get dubbed. Like this is definitely going to get dubbed. It's yeah. just a matter of when, where, and who. Uh NYAP post sometime next year, preferably on Tsunami. Uh, maybe maybe bang zoom could be bang zoom as well because they also do like a lot of the they did they did iron blood orphans maybe can they do the ruby and sapphire thing where suleta's in the wedding dress and then uh cockatiel wife's in like the suit and suit and tie (laughs) that'd be great uh we shall see but uh yeah (sighs) And with that, as we spent way too much time again talking about all this, the fall season has come to a close. So, uh, oh god, enjoy all the fantastic programming that is uh, currently invading your screens of various sizes on on any given day. The season's fucking loaded, guys. Jesus Christ, go watch it. We're done. Bye. Yes, go go do that. Thank you for listening, Sketch. Thank you for joining in on this two and a half hour adventure i am i am sorry i did not mean for it to go this long i know what i was signed up for i feel like we all kind of <laughs> knew what we were signing up for we were just lying to I ourselves don't try to make these super long it just happens that's what i try the base. yes <laughs> yes it is but uh yeah so that will do it and when we return we will have a proper full episode for you because uh, yeah, discotech they happened, and we gotta talk about that. We're oh. backed up on our news. Bye. Yeah, we'll we'll deal with that later. So thank you for listening. Blah blah blah. Hope you come back next time for discotech day. Until then, uh, go watch. Uh, go watch all the things. Just just go watch all the things. Or don't. We can't stop you. <laughs> oh Lord. Bye. Good night, everybody. Bye.